recording. Let me know when you're ready. If you don't record, then we can't do a podcast. I'm recording me now. Having half a conversation. So. Oh God. What is wrong with you? Go on. Well, to be fair, I just had a vape. Yeah. And because I was trying to clean out the mouthpiece, I breathed in after I'd thought I'd cleaned everything out, and then loads of fluff went in the back of my throat, and now I feel a bit sick, to be honest with you. Oh. Yeah. That's disgusting. You should stop yeah. vaping. Why do you vape? Well, because um, I smoke less as a result of vaping. Yeah, but aren't they now saying that vaping is probably just as bad as smoking? It probably is, but it doesn't smell as much. Okay, it doesn't cool. offend like right. um, smoking does, does it? I don't know. It doesn't really offend me, smoking. But yeah, I understand. Anyway, today's podcast, we are going to talk about scary things. Are you easily scared as a person? I wouldn't say so, no. no. I mean, if somebody's coming at me with a knife or threatening me with um, rape, I'd probably be scared of that. You'd love to be raped. Shut up. That's really scary stuff. What? You'd love to be raped. Uh, no. What do you mean, no? Anything that's not consensual. Yeah, but you'd consent. Anything you'd be that's up not for consensual it. is not going to be very nice, is yeah, it? Yeah, but why wouldn't you consent? Well, then it wouldn't be rape, would it? Exactly. The idea of rape is that you're not supposed to consent to it. If I was saying, no, don't do that, and somebody forced themselves upon me, that'd be scary. But wouldn't you be okay with Idiot. it? Idiot. Yeah, I know, but I'm sure. I don't. I can't imagine you saying no to someone. Oh, it depends how gammy there are, isn't it? Hmm. Might be some dirty fucking scabarono. That wants to fuck me in my bum hole. Or, you know, I'm not... Hey, a woman might be able to do it as well. Just they're going to have to coax my flaccid penis inside of them. Mm, or they could put a strap on on. They could do. I, I can't... See, mm, I don't really see what the enjoyment is for the person that's um, fucking the person with a strap on. I don't see the enjoyment. I suppose it's like a, a mental thing, so you're in charge, yeah. I suppose. I, we've just started talking about scary things, and already, two minutes in... We're talking about sex. Yep, and this that... is your fault this time. No, it wasn't. You said about being raped. You you could have just let me go. But no, you had to question it, didn't you? <laughs> it's because I don't believe that anyone could rape you. I can't imagine there's a situation where you wouldn't be up for letting someone have sex with you. You are... What? Because I'm so fucking ugly? Is no, that what you're saying? Just you're obsessed. Uh, yeah. But I mean... You don't. It's not very often that you find out that the rapist is a really good-looking model-looking person, is no. it? It's always some gammy fuck that's um, I don't know, wanting crack. That doesn't make any sense. They want crack, and not just the crack, but your crack of your bummo as well. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Anyway, is there anything in life that has actually scared you? Uh, death. We've spoken about that before, though. No, but something that's happened that's made you go, "Fuck, that was scary." A film. A situation. Uh, well, yeah, loads. But none of it's really relevant anymore. Because it's all in the past. Yeah, but what do you mean it's not relevant? We're talking... We're, I don't know why you keep talking about relevance of things in podcasts. All we're going to talk about is stuff we've done in the past. That is the only thing you can talk about. Or thoughts about the future. Anyway, I don't care if you don't think it's relevant. Sorry, go what on. What has scared you in the past? Films? Any? What films have really scared you? Uh, well, when I was a... I think I must have been like six or seven. I was round um, a, not a friend, but yeah, it was my mum's friend's house. And she had two slightly older children and they decided to put on the film Clown House. Oh. And that scared, scared me. Scared weird. As a six, it's seven. Scared me. Scared me, yeah. 
Clown yeah, what? I scoured me. Clown House, it was called. Clown House. I've never even heard of it. What's it about? No. It was really rubbish. I mean, if I, I've seen like clips of it now, and it's not scary at all. But at the time, because you're young and impressionable, I shit my pants. It looks creepy. Uh, I would get that. Yeah. I mean, I've, there's things I'm, I was scared of when I was little that weren't inherently scary, but just freaked me out and made me feel uncomfortable. And there's that one bit in It um, where Tim Curry's mouth becomes weird and he's got yellow eyes. That's pretty scary, even as an image. Yeah. Don't like looking at that. But it doesn't scare me as such. I just don't really like looking at it. Hmm. So do you? can you watch scary movies now? Um, I I have watched scary movies. I went through a period in my life where I did. But at the same time, it's not really... Because they always end up the same way. It's the same as like films in general. Unless they tell the story in a different way, it's not really worth looking into. Hmm. So what scary films did you watch? I mean, horror films in themselves are very are very samey, aren't they? You know, you know what the outcome's going to be. Uh, well, I think there are some good ones out there, but I'm probably the worst person to talk about horror films because I avoid them like the plague. I am a massive wimp. I can't watch anything scary. <laughs> I used to get just freaked out about the concept of a scary film being on TV because I remember when I was little and I knew the, the Predator was going to be on TV and I'd never seen it, so I didn't really have a point of reference. I think I'd seen a picture of the Predator and that's a, it's quite a scary looking thing for a young lad. And just the knowledge mm. that, because I had a TV in my bedroom, the knowledge that that could come on my TV was enough to scare me and make me not sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. <clears throat> yeah. Also, though, going back to this, the same sort of thing, The Exorcist. I've tried watching that on numerous occasions, and I, I still can't. I still can't. I think the last time I tried to watch it, I was in my mid to late 20s, and I still had to turn it off because I, I just found it very uncomfortable to watch. I think part of that is though remembering what it was like when I first watched it, and I, yeah. that, un- unlike the Clown House, I genuinely was scared. And which I think film I tried that, watching that at like, oh, The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people find enjoyment in horror films. It's just not something. But you obviously did at a point because you said there was a period where you used to watch. Yeah, those. well, I went through. It, it was curiosity more than anything as a child. Because you weren't allowed to watch it. So you were just like, oh, okay. Well, because I'm not allowed, I'm going to stay up late and then I'm going to flick it on and see what happens. And yeah. of course, I got scared and I turned it off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> As I got older and um, I went through my, I would say, emo phase. It's not really an emo phase, but I hung around with a lot of people that were like in the emo scene. Yeah. And of course, that's very popular with um, those sorts of people. They like horror films and they like all the cheesy shit. So I used to end up watching lots of horror films in that period of my life as well. Yeah. But again, because I watched it so often, because I was watching it more or less like every week or every month, I, I just I just got bored of the stories because it was the same things over and over again. Yeah. Why do you think people like horror films? Um, they like the scaredness. There, there's something in people that um, enjoy the um, fear and they like the feeling that it gives them. It's like yeah. an adrenaline thing. Yeah, that's what I'd assume. I guess like going on a roller coaster because I really like roller coasters now, and I used to be petrified of them. I went to Chessington World of Adventures last week, which is a fairly tame theme mm. park. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you going to tell me? Oh, nothing that big. 
But when I... I went on the teacups and it really shit me up. I was, I said to the man, please just let me off, please. You're spinning it too fast. I feel crazy. Is that how much of a wimp you think I am? No. Mm. I was just giving an example. Anyway. That's why I laughed. When I was mm. young, we went on a school trip or maybe a scout trip. I can't remember. Um, and we were queuing up for the vampire ride. And I remember being so freaked out just by queuing that I actually ended up crying in front of everyone in front of me and either the teacher or the guide person had to take me out the queue and sit out with me but i then went then since then i've been on loads of roller coasters and i went on it this time and it's really not that bad but it's interesting how you know again i was scared of something i hadn't even experienced Mm. i hadn't been on the roller coaster before and now i love roller coasters but you can sort of understand that from a child perspective, though. If you've got loads of people that's on a ride and they're all screaming, and it might be an enjoyment, but as a child, you're going to construe yeah. that as, oh, well, they're scared and I don't want to go on that because then I'll be scared. Yeah. And it is quite a scary cue for the vampire ride. It's quite creepy. And I was quite a sensitive little boy. Still quite a sensitive boy now, but um, yeah. Yeah, well, use use some creams and then that'll, that'll come out in a wash in a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I had a similar Dr. experience. Gold. Sorry, oh, yeah, go on. I was just going to say no, no, I had a similar on. experience in Alton. Was it Alton Towers? It's one of the major ones, or Fort Park? No, Chessington. No, I'm saying it was same chain of fucking theme parky thingamablobs. Oh, okay. They had this ride that went from like naught to sixty seconds in like no naught to fucking sixty miles per hour in in a few seconds. And oh, that was probably speed. I don't know. I don't know what it was. But I'll tell you what, I'm telling that's you what probably is. the last time I've ever been absolutely shit scared. <laughs> like, I I literally felt it. really sick afterwards. And I was like, I don't want to do that again. And there were other people wow. go around and going, oh, come on, let's go back on. And I was like, nah, that's, that's enough for me, thanks. But it felt like all How of my lungs that? were coming out of my mouth and all of my intestines yeah. were coming out of my bum hole. And literally... Everything inside me just went backwards, and it, I, I couldn't catch my breath. It was a horrible feeling. How long ago was this? Uh, let's see. It was in my previous relationship, and I've been with my wife now oh, so for long, six then. years. So, yeah, it was about seven, eight years ago. Oh, okay, well, I thought it was like a lot longer, because I've been on that ride, Rita Queen of Speed at Alton Towers, although they do now have Stealth at Thorpe Park, which is the same oh, it's stealth. system of... Oh, okay. The one that shoots really fast and you go flying up in the air and straight back down yes. again. Yeah, I'm sure that was... It was definitely... Yeah, it yeah. sounds right, Stealth. That's Yeah, so that's Thorpe Park. Yeah. That's a brilliant ride. I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant. No. I get a real kick out of it. No. Anyway, that's interesting, isn't it? That How fear works. Anyway, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Goldstein, a, profes- a professor of social and organisational psychology at the University of Utrecht, um, said, People go to horror films because they want to be frightened... Or they wouldn't do it twice. You choose your entertainment because you want it to affect you. That's certainly true of people who go to entertainment products like horror films that have big effects. They want those effects. Yeah. Horror films must provide a just resolution in the end. The bad guy gets it, even though they choose to watch these things. The images are still disturbing for many people, but people have the ability to pay attention as much or as little as they care to in order to control what effect it has on them emotionally and otherwise. That's not much of an interesting quote, actually. Oh, it's all right. I mean, the thing is, is that it's that was probably, in terms of horror movies, that was probably truer, truer of that back in the 80s and 90s. But they sort of 
bun it, didn't they? And they and they don't yeah. necessarily get like their comeuppance at the ends nowadays. There's every possibility yeah. that they're going to bring a sequel out, so they got to keep bringing them back. Like fucking Halloween guy. How long's he been doing it? Jeez, or Jason, eh? Michael mm. Myers, Jason. All these guys are massively popular because they keep fucking coming back. You can do what you want with them. They're not going to die. Yeah. But they're demon things anyway, aren't they? So you can kill them and come back anyway. So it's all uh, mm. all nonsense. It is all nonsense, yeah. Right, this seems more interesting. According to a 2004 paper in the Journal of Media Psychology by Dr. Glenn Walters, the three primary factors that make horror films alluring are tension, generated by suspense, mystery, terror, shock and gore, relevance, that may relate to personal relevance, cultural meaningfulness, the fear of death, etc. And somewhat paradoxically, given the second factor, unrealism. Walters made reference for a number of psychological studies to support his argument. For instance... Haight, Macaulay and Rosen, in conducting research on disgust, exposed college students to three documentary videos depicting real-life horrors. One clip showed cows being stunned, killed and butchered in a slaughterhouse. A second clip pictured a live monkey being struck in the head with a hammer, Mm. having its skull cracked open and its brain served as dessert. Mm. A third clip depicted a child's facial skin being turned inside out in preparation for surgery. I didn't, I didn't like so any pretty of bad stuff. Yeah. 90% of the students turned the video up before it reached the end. Even the majority of individuals who watched the tape in its entirety found the images disturbing it. Disturbing. Yet many of these same individuals would think nothing of paying money to attend the premiere of a new horror film with much more blood and gore than was present in the documentaries than most of them found repugnant. Hmm. So that's obviously backing up the unrealism thing. So I guess it's like an escape. It's, yeah. I guess like an adventure film. Like it's, so like, um, as we were saying earlier with It, that is very much an adventure film, but it's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's um, um, anything, you know, I mean, other people, people that like horror movies aren't going to like the fact that I play games as a mean of escapism. Um, they, yeah. They're not going to understand that. But um, as you were saying that fact, though, there was another movie that was... Um, that I remember I've had to switch it off because it made me really, really uncomfortable. And that was the first Hostel film. Oh my God, that is horrendous. And I didn't like that. All all those ones are... No. No, I didn't like that because there is an an element of realism to that. That's something that's Mm. massively believable that people would buy into um, having, you know, torturous deaths on other people and kidnapping them. It was it was a bit too realistic for my liking. And that's, uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't really deal with that very much yeah but i guess people the people that do enjoy enjoy it can do because they still know that it's not real you know if, if you watch that knowing it's a documentary i think no one would be able to sit through it well yeah no i mean there was um another experience that i had when i was in college um with somebody had i don't know why they thought it was a good idea but they thought they put on a picture um a video of um someone being decapitated by um ISIS. oh yeah Mm. I've seen lots of very disturbing videos online. I don't really understand 
well, I know you can't really police the internet, but I don't understand why people want to see it so much. Because that kind of defies what they're saying about the realism, because a lot of these things are real. I mean, I've seen some really horrifying things. Um, mm. People being dropped out of windows. Uh, today, I even saw... I mean, the reason I do is I work with a colleague who finds it quite funny. Hmm... And he likes, well, I, oh, sorry, he finds it funny showing me them. He likes to see my kind of horror. Oh. Um, but he showed that me today of a guy, sense. yeah. He, but he watches them before he shows them to me, so there must be some other level of enjoyment in it as well. I mean, he claims it's just his mate sending it to him, so. But anyway, there was this guy riding a motorbike, and he rides it into a forklift truck, which completely takes his head off, but... which is shocking. And I don't really know why people pass it around because I like. So he showed it to me, and I don't feel the need to show that to anyone else because I think that was horrifying. Yeah. No one needs to see that. Uh, and there was another one of a guy getting like pulled into a machine at work and no, no, sort no. of getting spun around this machine and no. just absolutely horrifying stuff. No. I... No, that's yeah, it's fucking horrible. But so is there a. Do you think there's. For people that enjoy that, there must be some kind of psychopathic element to them. Well, I mean. I haven't had. Nobody does that with me nowadays. I think that might be you. I think people just want to emotionally torture you. I literally <laughs> well, haven't. You do, had... In different ways. Yeah, but mine's harmless. You know that there's no ramifications well, from that. it. Well, no, it is harmless. Come on. You even join in with me sometimes. You go, mm, not mm, often. Mm, Jamie, mm, looking really good today. That's what you say. You don't do it on no, this. I don't. No, you do it in do it in real life. Honestly, listeners, he comes no, around my house and he starts Again, this is your pinching fantasy. my bum and going, "All right, sailor, do you fancy a bit?" And I say, "James, God, you're really embarrassing. My wife's just there." He's like, mm, "Go on." Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah, even though I don't know who listens to this, I still don't feel the need to defend myself or say that you're lying. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> So, you imagine what you want. Yeah. I won't deny it. Yeah. Yeah, in, t- in, terms, of the, in terms of the horrific things, I I, I don't understand. Uh, there's, especially with even being told that stuff, that automatically comes into my head. So, I'm already imagining somebody's arm getting mangled in a, in a machine. And it, it makes oh, me it uncomfortable. Oh, it wasn't the arm. It was the whole body. The whole body was being like... So, it was a giant uh, cylindrical thing that span... Um, and this guy tried to pull something off it, and then this thing sort of gripped him and then span him round. Well, who are these people that colleague... are like just standing there and letting it happen and filming it? I don't it? know. It's it's worse. So a colleague that was standing by um, tried to stop it but couldn't. And the problem with this machine was it's a tension thing. So the more drag it receives, mm. the faster it goes round. Yeah, so this, this guy just got absolutely yeah. mangled. It's horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely mangled. Horrendous. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this is probably getting a bit too much. I was kind of not going to go as... <laughs> I mean, that is scary. That in itself is very, oh, very scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, that's right up there. I, I'd watch all the horror films in the world if I didn't have to watch like those horrible clips that just yeah, get as long sent as you around. Yeah, it wasn't real. I think that's a very juvenile yeah. thing to do as well, that you're actively seeking out someone's actual death and thinking yeah, that of entertainment and showing it to your mates, mm. going, oh, it's really funny. No, it's not. Somebody has actually fucking died. It's not funny at all. Yeah. It might be funny to no, you because, because you don't think it's real, but it is. Somebody's life has ended and everybody around that person, they've also been affected by it. And you laughing at it mm. is not funny. Yeah, I agree. I went serious. It's so weird when you're serious. No, I went all serious. Yeah, I it's don't really like weird. It. <laughs> we'll quickly say something funny. Uh, cock! 
That's not funny. No, it's not. Um, um, fisting? Is that funnier? No. When the movie trailer of The Exorcist was shown to the public in theatres, it was so scary that people very literally ran out of the room. People began vomiting. They decided to ban the version of the trailer because they didn't think anyone would go see the movie. Mm. The video is still available to watch on YouTube. The nausea is probably due to the fact that it has a lot of flashing lights of demonic faces with very creepy music playing in the background. Yeah. Flashing images can trigger epileptic seizures or migraines, which is probably why it made some people physically sick. Yeah. Or they're just pussies. I'm trying to find some stuff that you will find scary. Uh, do you remember... Have you seen... You've seen Dumbo, yes? I have seen Dumbo, yes. The pink elephant scene. Yeah, yeah. Did you find that disturbing? No. No, do you not? Because no. a lot of people do. Me being one of the people that do find it disturbing. No, I mean, I have heard that people have found it disturbing. I think even mm. my wife said that she found it a bit disturbing when she was a child. For me, I just took it as what for what it was. I didn't really, I didn't really see it as... Um, as a disturbing thing, I just thought he was having like a, a vision, and there were lots of elephants that were dancing around him. Yeah, but they're quite aggressive. Their movements, and they don't have eyes. You know, it's those black hole eyes. Whilst we're on the vein of Disney, I tell you what was yes. um, pretty pretty scary as a child is when Pinocchio's friend turns into a donkey. A donkey. Yeah. Yeah, that is very upsetting. That was horrific. Upsetting. And I don't yeah. think that would have been as bad had the um, voice actor not been so fucking good at his um, anguish at turning into a donkey. Do you want to try and recreate it for the listeners? Uh, it's very loud, and I'm sure that everybody's heard the Disney Pinocchio film. Yeah, but just in case they haven't, I feel like you might have to try and do it. Well, I don't have the, the high-pitchedness of a child. But, all right. Yeah. <laughs> You may have to, um, you may have to mute that a little bit. It's a bit loud. I even turned away from the mic, and it was still, uh, it was still there. That was quite good. Thank you. Uh, I think you just needed a what? at the end that he does. But yeah. Other than that, it was good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're good. There was definitely a good recreation. <laughs> um, but children like being scared because obviously lots of children's films are kind of scary. I must say, I do, I do sometimes. Even though my, my small child person thing is only three months old, I am slightly yeah. dubious about what I watch around him. Because even even yeah, the little things that I don't find scary, he may find incredibly scary. Yeah. So. Well, maybe not scary, but unsettling. And it might stay within him and it might cause him problems later in life. Mm, yeah. I mean, I... I, I yeah. Oh, this is going to make me sound bad. But I will sometimes pretend that I'm angry with my wife in front of him. But I always generally, um, I always generally make up for it. But is it? But that's my sense of humour, though. I sort of sometimes I do horrible things sometimes for for my own amusement. I'm sure mm. I'm sure lots of people can relate. But no, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not like I'm, I'm screaming at her and punching her in the face. We're all good. Yeah. No, I was just going to say it's even with even with the things where I say I, I make up little arguments in my head. I might. Sometimes, okay, dear listener, and James, you may even realise this whilst you've been listening through this series of podcasts, I make up situations in my own head, and then I have to vocalise them. And that's often quite believable, because as I have just proved, I'm a serious actrine of the highest calibres. And sometimes people around me, they go, cool, 
Is that really Phil Mitchell in an argument with Grant Mitchell? And this is an actual thing that I did. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think one episode, I, I do keep trying to come up with some kind of podcast to utilise your acting talents. I haven't got there yet, but I'm definitely getting near one. Um, <laughs> how close? Go on, tell me how close you are. Go on, no. James. Go on, no. tell me how close you are, please. Well, no, it's just like I keep, I, I'm trying to think of something where I can create scenarios that still have information that you can then act out. Oh, I see. Okay. Ah, oh, like you just did yeah. then, basically. Yeah, sort of. Mm. Yeah. Ah. Um, anyway, I, the reason I was talking about pink elephants is because that is a real thing that can happen to you. Obviously, hallucinations. Mm. Uh, it's referred. It's called uh, Charles Bonnet syndrome. It's a. Uh, it's called what? Sorry. Charles Bonnet syndrome. Okay, someone's name. I thought you said <laughs> Child Bonnet syndrome. No. No. Uh, but it generally happens to people that are going blind. They can sometimes see very realistic and absurd things that are not actually there. Uh, a woman in America was diagnosed with the eye condition called glycoma, uh, which yes. I'm sure everyone's heard of. Yes, we have, yes. Uh, her life was very normal, but a trip to the grocery store triggered her hallucinations. The shelves began to drip and turned to thick mud. She could pull items off the shelf, but the hallucination of mud was too thick to put anything back on the shelf once she picked it up. The hallucinations became so vivid that she could see animals and entire landscapes that didn't actually exist. Mm. That's quite scary. It is quite scary, yeah, but I, if if I was in the store with her and I saw her doing that, I'd probably judge her slightly and think she was probably on some sort of drug. Yeah. Because when people act out of ordinaries, you go, uh, what's wrong with them? Uh, what's their major damage? I bet they've been on some sort of heroin, haven't they? Or they've been shooting up some yeah. of that lovely smack that everyone's been talking about. So I'm now going to come up with some scenarios to try and scare you. If you want, you can act them out. Maybe this is the episode where you give it a go. So, the first scenario. In 1973, two men were in a small submarine 1,575 feet deep in the ocean. How does that make you feel? Stop. You know, me and you down in the sub, long way near the bottom of the sea. Um, you enjoying that? It's fairly small, fairly claustrophobic. Uh, nice. You probably would enjoy that. Yeah. You'd be driving me up the wall. Yeah, I would. Oh, I'd, we'd get, you'd get cabin fever. Because I'd be, like, all over you every five seconds. And to be fair, I would use you for my own entertainment. I would be doing things <laughs> just so it would entertain me. And you wouldn't care about the mental damage you were causing your no. good friend, James. No, not really. Anyway, so this is a true event. Suddenly there was a malfunction and water began flooding into the submarine, causing it to sink. Mm -hmm. They only had enough oxygen left to survive for three days. Right. How are you feeling at that point? <laughs> <laughs> Me and you in a sub. Yeah. It's leaking, yeah. filling up with water. We know we've got three days left. Uh, I don't know. Try and bum you. That's the easy answer, isn't it? <laughs> we've only got three days left, James. Do you reckon? You might as well go out on a bang, I'd say to you. No, I'd rather die a horrible death. You than are so horrible to me in these episodes. Can't you just once just agree to sex with me? Even hypothetically. No. no. <sighs> 
No, I don't want to be bummed. We're going to be doing this. If I'm about this. to die, we're going to be doing this for years to come, and I, I, I will wear you down eventually. One day, you will turn around and you'll go, "Oh, for fuck's sake! All right, fine. Hypothetically, I will allow you to fuck me." No, I'm never going to let that. Happen. <laughs> I will never hypothetically turn over. Turn round, put lube on my bumhole, and let you hypothetically fuck me. Who said anything about lube? I'm going in dry, mate. You're not going to like it one bit after fucking moaning about me talking about it for so long. Yeah. So is this what we'd be talking about if we were slowly dying in a yeah. submarine? You just trying to persuade Dude. persuade me to let you penetrate me? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, I'd probably... I guess at least if the sub's leaking, there'll be lots of fluid and moisture around, so you won't be in dry even if you want to be. Well, this is true. Unless I turn you upside down and drown you on my cock. Anyway, I always have to take. Is that a scary scenario for you? Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. in real life, yes, of course it'd be scary. I'd probably be very sad, and I'd probably just want to talk to you about all the things that I'm going to miss when I die. Oh, see, I made it serious, and it's Uh, fucking boring, isn't it? No, no, that was no. It's not boring. It's meaningful. People will listen to that, and they will connect with you because they'll think you're a sweet fellow. Anyway. It took so long for the rescue team to find them, they only had an hour of oxygen left to survive. How about that? They should make a film out of that. I mean, they would, but I wouldn't watch it. It's the same as the fucking bloke who, oh, I got trapped in a cliff and had to cut my own arm off. How can they stretch that out for two fucking hours? There's no way. I haven't given it a mm. go, obviously, as, you've, as you can probably tell. But I'm not going to get oh either. I, I went rock climbing and then I got my arm trapped and I had to cut it off and I've survived. Yes, it's a very lovely story. I'd prefer to read about it in a news article rather than have two hours of my yeah. life with some actor going, oh, yeah, I'm really, oh, I'm struggling. I'm going to have to talk. Oh. What if the actors were me and you, though? What if it was a film about me and you being trapped in a submarine? Uh, well, I mean, if I was, if I was, if I got the gig that to actually funny. play myself, I'd probably, mate, I'd ruin it, though. It'd be like, I'd be like Will Ferrell and you'd be that other one that's a bit ugly. That's all they see in his films as I, well. I think you'd be the one that's a bit ugly, mate. Mm. It's debatable, it's debatable, it's debatable. It's not, because you always tell me about how good looking I am, and I always say that you're an ugly fucker. Well, that's why I am the better friend out of the two of us. Why? Because you lie? No, because I'm attentive, and I'm caring. Better friends are honest. No! Alright, how many other of your friends actually offer you sex on a a weekly basis? Oh my god, that's not what I want from my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, fine. How many other friends give you um, as regular compliments as I do? Hmm? Uh, I don't think you give me that many. Uh, well, I suppose you do. Yeah, you get, Yeah, you do, but they're always... It's always. It doesn't feel like they're real. It's always like I, you're saying it to make me uncomfortable. Mm. Anyway, here is another thing to scare you. Yes, go on. It's recent. It's what? In It's, it's recent. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. What, yesterday? In 2015. No. Uh. In 2015... Speaking of scary situations, though, did you see Theresa May dancing to ABBA, Dancing Queen? That isn't scary. That is a bit scary, mate. No. Mm. In 2000... This is much scarier. Yeah, go on. I want to see... Tell me how this makes you feel. Mm. In 2015, a young woman began to have headaches. Yeah. They discovered she had a brain Mm tumour. That in itself is very scary. Of course it is. When the doctors removed it... They were shocked to see that it was it was a lump <laughs> resembling skin mm. that contained bone, mm-hmm. teeth, yeah. and hair. Mm. There was even one growing inside of a man's stomach. Right. It weighed a whopping 14 pounds and resembled a lump of flesh. Again, 
with teeth and hair. Yeah. Mm. And had grown two to three feet long. Yeah. Yeah, sounds believable. The explanation for these occurrences... Mm. Parasitic twins. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. A process where two fertilised embryos begin development in the uterus, Mm. but one embryo develops faster at the expense of the other. The slower embryo ceases development and is sometimes partially or even completely... I'm very sad and I have to talk to you again. Uh, uh, oh, that was lovely. Mm. Do you know, I was yeah, editing an episode the other day and you were like all over how great my wife is and yet you fucking give me so much content, don't you? Like, I'm the worst thing that happened to you. In fact, let me tell you this as well, right, young man. I spent the last two episodes of you going, taking the piss out of me going, oh, yeah, I want to say something funny about dukes. Like that. Like, that's all I've got. I feel like you hate me sometimes. I feel like the more we do this, you ju- you're starting to resent me more and more. Like I'm the worst thing that ever happened to you. But you've got to stay with me. It's like a horrible marriage. <laughs> and I'm the abusive yeah, one. I know that you're funny. And so you're potentially going to get this podcast off the ground. Whereas if I did it for someone else, it might not be. So yeah, I just put up with you. Anyway. <laughs> the explanation for... I can't use any of this because they're not going to understand. Yeah, I know. Well, you could. You could splice it in. I do. Yeah. I don't okay, so I messed up again, listeners. I forgot to format my memory card before we started recording, so I got halfway through a sentence and it stopped. I then got to speak to Jamie's wife for a while whilst he went for a wee. Yeah, and I did offer a you. a very nice conversation, and Jamie is now upset that I am saying nice things about his wife. I did offer you to stay on the phone with me whilst I had a wee. I just want everybody yes, to know I'm that as well. I'm very glad your wife saved me from that. Anyway... Mm. Carrying on from where I left off, I'm yeah. not quite sure I'm going to cut this in because it might not make too much sense. Mm. But going back to the uterusy thing, the explanation for these occurrences is parasitic twins, a process where two fertilized embryos begin development in the uterus, but one embryo develops faster at the expense of the other. The slow embryo ceases development and is sometimes partially or even completely consumed by its twin. The cells then become dependent on the bodily function of the complete fetus. Jamie doesn't believe this exists. I told him it does. Obviously, you can't hear my side of the argument. I might try and save the bits of Jamie that he recorded. Um, and it would just sound like some mad ramblings of a man that doesn't believe a truth. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, in Victorian England, middle-class people could not afford to hire artists to paint portraits of their families. Mm. So when photography became popular, people decided to get family photos done. However, if someone died and the family didn't have a chance to get the photo done yet, they They'd would prop spit up on the it. dead body and take the family photo anyway. 
<laughs> How about that? Well, it's not scary. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. Like, let it go. Or just hold up. Hold up anything else or just, just, just describe it to them. You know? You don't have to take a dead mm. body with you to get it done. I do... I do understand. Like, if you want that memory, you didn't have photographs then. It's not like yeah, it is nowadays. Picture of a happy family. I still wouldn't want to be because you know, an artist painting—that's going to be a long time that they're going to be doing that painting, and you're going to be sat next to a dead corpse. You don't know no, how long that's been for. It's not for the painters. This is when they had the photographs. I thought you said it was a. Bit, they were. It was in the Victorian times, and there wasn't any photographs. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have been yeah, just so sat next to. Painted. Yeah, they would have been sat next to a dead body for hours and hours on end, slowly yeah, decaying. Just... Yeah, but anyway, it is photography as well. Uh, and if you want, again, you can Google some of these images. You can see photographs of families with their dead relative in between them. And it's quite fun if you play a game of guess which one is dead. It's ridiculous, though, because a dead person looks like a dead person. It's not like, yeah, no. especially with well, photographs, you're not going to be able to fake that. I mean, with an artist, can. at least then at you it. can fake it. No, no, you can. You after the well, listeners can pause and go and do it, or they can do it whilst they listen. But at the end of this, I suggest you go and have a look because it is quite weird. You wouldn't necessarily know which one is definitely the dead one. Sometimes it's fucking obvious, but other times not so much. That's because the Victorians didn't have any fucking feelings. It was different back then. They'd never smile in any of the pictures that are about, do they? They're always fucking sullen-faced. It wouldn't have been hard back then because nobody fucking smiled because they're all dealing with the plague. Okay, new things to try and scare you with. <laughs> I'm looking at a photograph of some lovely, happy, well, happy-ish looking uh, black children. This, this feels like the only podcast that we should do where it's interactive and there should be a video with like all the things that are popping up. They're holding up a sign saying, protect us from these witch doctors. Now, what this oh. is, in Uganda, children are kidnapped and used as child sacrifices by witch doctors. <laughs> They pay off local police to be sure that they'll never get caught. Yes. The poor little kids are being picked up, sacrificed by witch doctors. That's quite scary. That's yeah, still going on. Yeah. I mean, yes, that is that is horrific and it's very scary. It's just, again, it's one of those things in my head that it, it doesn't... I don't know, because you're saying it, it sounds, it, it sounds like it's not real in my head. I think if I actually saw mm. the pictures, I'd probably be a lot more, um, I don't know, shocked or scared. But because you're describing it to me... I'm getting, as always, I get little images in my head and none of it makes sense. And then that makes me laugh. So yeah. I apologise. Apologise, Uganda. It's not that you're just an insensitive prick yeah. that everyone should hate, including me. Yeah. And I'm just giving people you know, information to understand why I hate you as much as I do. Um, <sighs> right. It's, it's just think... that you, you just got a weird thought process and everyone should be okay with that. I got angry about the person that was like showing around death videos. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. have actual I'm, emotions I'm and feelings. You know what? I don't hate you and everyone understands why you're laughing. Because it is partially to do with my slightly strange disembodied voice saying these awful things. Yes. I mean, it's child... Yeah. Any... It's just messed up To be honest, I'll probably there, cut that it? one out because it's not funny. There's nothing funny about it. <laughs> well, it's, it's Other the than same... your uncomfortable reaction. It's the same as, I mean, especially with, with that area, I mean, kids are given guns, and that's fucking scary, and they're, and they're forced into gangs at a young age, and they don't know any different, and the cycle's never going to change over there, unless, unless you know... It might, it would just take time, but anyway, yeah. this is too serious, let's move on. Because yeah. things were awful here a few centuries ago, it's just that other places are a few centuries behind us. 
but they will catch up quicker. So mm. I think you're wrong. I think you know, hundred years, the world will be a very different place. Well, I'm not going to be or around to we'll see all it blow then. Each other up, huh? I'm not going to be around to see it then, am I? Well, it doesn't matter about you. <laughs> not everything's about you, Jamie. Well, I mean, the world should owe me some some things sometimes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to find the next thing oh, that I think will actually scare you. I guillotine. Thought... I don't think a guillotine chopping off your head and your brain still being able to think is going to scare you because I think a lot of people know that. Yeah, a lot of people know that, yeah. Yeah. Uh... That was also one of those um, episodes, podcast episodes of Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington, where he said, Carl Pilkington said the eyes were looking around after his head had been chopped off. Yeah, but that's not true. Yeah, I know. That's what was funny about it. Uh, that's a good podcast. <laughs> hmm. What about this? There's a museum in Philadelphia called the Mutter Museum. The what? Mutter Museum, M-U-T-T-E-R. If you're ever in Philadelphia, I suggest you stop by. It sounds like your kind of place. It's filled with fascinating and disgusting bits of human anatomy that have been preserved. Mutations, oh. tumours, and medical anomalies are on full display. Ooh. Sign Fancy me up, what? Jim. Fancy going to see that? Course. Sign me up. It will probably make me angry and all. <laughs> Love chomping on a bit of tumour. Yeah, I just... I kind of get it why you'd want to go and see it but again that doesn't really that doesn't really bother me too much because that stuff happens where I work like they they bring down bags every day of like chopped off bits and like they've got to send off of course they do yeah yeah I mean I've I've been offered actually um to look inside the bag and I was like no no I'm all right thanks and they're like oh, I'll find it fascinating I was like yeah well that's up to you darling but for young, for young Jamie, he's going to pass on this one occasion. Thank you very much. It's not something that I would actively but, seek out, but I mean, yeah, but if you want to, yeah. you can go and see uh, slices of Albert Einstein's brain. So they chopped it up into very thin slices and preserved it so that they could study it and see what made him a genius. Why did they decide thin slices? Were they were they expecting Hannibal Lecter to come along? <laughs> no, so they can obviously study each Bite layer size. of the brain. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like you can a... go and see the soap lady. The soap lady. Yeah. Uh, She's name given to a woman whose body was exhumed in Philadelphia in 1875. The specimen is unique because a fatty substance called adipocri, adipocca, encases the remains. So it's not nothing to do with soap then? Uh, she just looks a bit soapy and gross and a bit like a pig <laughs> lady. Oh, right, yeah. Still got hair. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't know if it'd be your sort of thing. Oh, what is it called mutter for? Mutter? Yeah, is it the person that founded it, or is it an actual word that references something? Well, it's, it's, I say mutter, it's got a uh, two dots over the U. A mutter. So, mutter. Mutter. But yeah, I'd imagine it was a, possibly the name of the scientist who yeah, owned it. Sounds about right. I just wondered if there was like a little trick, you know, like... If you if you're preserving something, or if you've got like gross things that you want to put on show, that's called mutter. So if you wanted to chop up somebody, but you couldn't let go of all of them, you wanted to keep something of them in a jar, preserved right next to your face, so you remember. Ah, oh, I remember that day when I chopped them up. That's muttering. Mm. No, no, it's just that the original collection was donated by Doctor Domus Dent Mutter. Mutter. So it's named after him. Cool. Yeah, not really scary, just a bit gross. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not a fan of the old, um, the old bits in uh, jars. I'm not too p- particularly keen on people that like, 
you know when you go into museums and they've got preserved like spiders and butterflies and stuff I mean, that's a bit gross as well yeah. anything dead that's being kept around just to be looked at is a bit weird yeah well in Disney in the 1960s on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride they used real skeletons Oh. Well, yeah. you know, but they but decide- it's real. And the only reason they changed them was because they decided the fake ones looked more real. <laughs> well, you can do anything with CGI nowadays, can't you? Well, it's not CGI, it's a ride, you dumb shit. Oh, I thought you meant like the actual film. They used no, like, real skeletons in the, 1960s. In the film. No, in, on the ride that people are going to sit in in Disneyland and go, look, it's a pirate and a skeleton. It's a real skeleton. Look, it's just put a pirate Captain Jack Sparrow. That's really funny. Of Jack Sparrow. What? No, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, but that yeah. that was it's based Johnny on the Depp. Ride. I love his cheekbones. What you think Johnny Depp was in the 1960s? No, <laughs> it was out in the 2000s. You silly old goose. Oh, James, what are you like? Honestly. In ancient times, there was a process of making a mellified man. A what? Which was essentially making human candy. In order to do this, an elderly person would volunteer themselves to the process of being binge bath in honey every day and given only honey to eat. They reached the point where that's all that was left in their digestive system. Then when they died, they would be covered in honey for a hundred years. Their body would snap easily in half and be eaten as rock candy. Eating this candy was a type of medicine which was said to heal broken bones. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And cannibalistic. Even if you thought that would actually fix a broken bone, I don't think I'd eat it. I'd be like, no, I'm alright. I'll leave it. I just won't use my arm for a while. Mm. Yeah. Again, not really scary. I would like to be, like, fed up and then, um, you know, bathed in my favourite foods as well. But I wouldn't like to be sold off and eaten myself. That's a nice idea. Yeah. Being, being... I think that's a disgusting idea. Do you? Yeah. What's your favourite food? We've done that, you idiot. Oh, well, I don't remember. That was like two episodes ago. I fucking know that now. No. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, how Think of your favourite food this... and you being like drizzled in it and you get to eat it all the time. That in itself is quite nice. No. no. I can so eat it off you. Hey? You see? He's, uh, he's thinking about things sexually again. Oh, Jamie, you little scamp. <laughs> I don't know how you put up with it. Come on, tell me another. Dr. Carl Tanzler fell in love with a woman named Eleanor, who was one of his patients. When she died, he snuck into her tomb and brought her corpse home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, He kept her in the house for seven years as the body rotted away. Right. Mm. He propped her up like a mannequin and was only caught when someone saw him dancing with the corpse in front of an open window. (laughs) Right. See, again, funny until you think about it. Yeah. Um, dance around with a seven-year-old rotting corpse. How could you dance with a seven-year-old rotting corpse? Surely by then it'd be decomposed. Well, no, he's probably using, like, fluids and things to keep... Oh, what is cum? Oh, Ming. That is fucking Ming Tong, mate. Oh, can't believe you just said that. Yeah. 
No, it's, he's obviously got something psychologically wrong with him. I mean, oh, yeah. there is there's a thing like you, obviously it's hard to let go, but I mean you're going to have to if they're dead because there's not a lot you can do with them. They're they're, no. they're not they're not coming back. Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Shalabalabala dead cops. Let it go. Let it go. Don't dance with me in the window. I do mind if you touch me again. Your dick never bothered me anyway. Uh, before people used cups and bowls, in ancient England they used to use the tops of hollowed out human skulls to drink and eat out of. Use hollowed what? Skulls. Hollowed out skulls, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've heard that before. That makes sense though. Just I mean, if they're knocking hand. about... Eat out your hand. <laughs> Just cup your hand. Nah, if they're knocking about, mate. <laughs> Sterilise them. It's fine. Hey, guys, come over. I've got some fancy new chinaware. What's this? What's this, Dave? Well, it's, uh, it's actually my Aunt Phyllis. You're drinking out of there. She says cheers. She's behind me. She's saying it. Cheers. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these... this has got... Any of these hitting you in the in the short and curlies? No, not really. No, um, no. I, I don't know why. So. No, no. <laughs> I mean, th- this one is scary, but again, it's not like it's not going to make you scared now. Okay. In 2017, so last year, mm-hmm. in January, a 100-foot asteroid, nicknamed AG13, passed by the Earth. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. It was approximately the same distance as the moon and just missed hitting our planet. Mm. Scientists only saw it coming roughly 24 hours before it would have hit Earth. The public did not know about it until it was over. The asteroid would not mean the planet would be destroyed, but it would injure and kill people. So if there was a massive asteroid ready to hit our planet, we wouldn't know about it until it happens, basically. So that's quite scary, just knowing that if it's going to happen, we're not going to know. It's probably a better thing, though. If you knew it was going to happen, surely you'd just, like, shit yourself anyway, wouldn't you? You shit yourself. You probably go nuts and do weird things. Yeah, and nobody wants that. You want peace. Just because you're mm. about to croak it doesn't mean you can go out and like kill everyone. Why do we? Why should you just you know take away other people's chances of a last life? Well, yeah, but at the same time, if you're gonna die from the asteroid, they're gonna die from the asteroid as well. Yeah, I know, but nobody's like first choice is to be murdered by somebody before they die. They want to go and spend time with their loved ones. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think... I don't think that'd be the first thought that people had anyway, James. It's not like what? I'm going to die and I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to go out and kill everybody. Hopefully, you wouldn't think that as well. Not everybody's no, going to go, oh, I'm going to go out and kill everybody now, since I'm going to die. Well, but some, some people would. Well, it's very selfish. It's extremely yeah. selfish. But people are selfish, aren't they? But the thing about the media thing, and this is like... Social media in itself is quite bad for these sorts of things. They throw up these fucking things all the time. So nothing's believable anymore anyway. They've been telling me, they've been telling everybody it's going to be the coldest winter since the 60s for about five years. And it happens every year. And there is always some sort of meteor or there's some sort of really big thing that's going to happen. It never happens. Mm. Oh, speaking of natural things, though. Do you remember last year when the um, that big old sand thing happened and the sky turned um, orange? Do you remember that? Uh, yes. That was quite weird. That was, I, not that I was scared, but yeah, I thought I was very uncomfortable with that because I'd never seen it before. And I did sort of think there was a part of me in the back of my mind where I thought, 
is this some sort of like end of the world thing? And shouldn't shouldn't people be like saying, oh, it's not? I think I was at work that day, so it freaked me out more because I didn't have anything around me that could tell me if we were going to do croak it or not, thanks to the orange sky and all the sand stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I remember. I remember the orange sky, but I don't remember being scared by it because I. It's. It was. Yeah. It was a. It was. The explanation made sense, so it didn't particularly scare me. See, I didn't uh, have that. So what about this? No. Uh huh. I didn't have that explanation. That's why it freaked me out. Yeah, it was very weird, but it was fascinating more than scary. If you're not scared of pollution, you should be. Mm-hmm. If we carry on the way we are, there will be more plastic in the oceans than there are fish by 2050. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that's scary, but again, not in a way that's going to keep you up at night. But this one will, if you go and do it. And I did, and I regretted it. It actually upset me, and I'm getting a little bit upset thinking about it now. So you can go to a website called planecrashinfo.com, which already sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And on it, you can listen to the voices of people in the last moments of their life, right before they die in a plane crash. Yeah, well, that's not nice. That's um, No. That's a bit unsettling, yeah. I don't know why... I mean, I don't know why I went and listened to it. I only listened to a very small bit, and I was like, no, this is way too distressing. But I don't know why they would need to have that as a resource. I don't know who goes, oh, yeah, that would be a good thing for me to go and spend some time on. Well, I mean, as you've said in the past, with many of the subjects that we've spoken about, scientists do anything. So if there's if there's something knocking about... But it's not for scientists. This is for anybody. This is for, like, me and you. Yeah, but the reason that it probably was about was because, you know, some scientists wanted to study it for something. Yeah. I shouldn't imagine people are just banding it about thinking like, oh, it's the latest Kesha track. This yeah. would be funny. This is entertainment. Someone's oh, no, dying, I'm sure, please. but it's still, I don't know why, a bit like those, how we started talking about these horrible videos. I don't really understand why it is so easy to access this really bad stuff. But, but I've never thought to seek it out. No, well, I didn't either until I started researching this podcast. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, that's true. Um... It, oh. Human nature in its very essence. I mean, anything that's too real, of course that's going to be terrifying. Anything that's going to be um, a reflection on what you can feel, what you can experience, what you could potentially go through, that's going to be terrifying. Nobody actually says it, but everybody's scared of dying. Everybody's scared of getting a terminal illness. Everybody's scared of leaving behind the people that they love. And with stuff like that... Buddhists don't mind. Do they not? No, Buddhists, well, not just Buddhists, there are some religions that are pretty okay with it because they think they're obviously going to move on and do better things. I think everyone's scared of suffering mm. and pain, but I don't think everyone's scared of death. Well, I think you'd be scared of losing the people that you love. or Oh, yeah, you... but that's, that's different, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, think losing... everyone, I think everyone is scared of that. Wait, I mean, you're losing out on the people that you love if you die anyway. Yeah, but you don't know about it. I th- I'm, I'd, I'd be more scared if someone told me I was going to lose my girlfriend than if I was going to die, that's for sure. That's very sweet. It's true. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone thinks like that, but I'm a unusual person. Well, I'm sure some people do. I'm sure some people. I will, I'm sure some people would find it as scary either way. But I would definitely rather, which I suppose is a bit selfish in a way, because it's like if I go, then I don't have to worry about the grieving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. Don't have to worry. Anyway, that was a bleak episode, wasn't it? I don't think it was bleak. It, it got was, bleak. It was a very um, mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to end with a creepy story. Okay. In the 1920s, a writer named William Seabrook was obsessed with the idea of flesh-eating voodoo zombies. He desperately wanted to try human flesh so badly that he travelled to Western Africa to beg tribes to let him become a cannibal. Because there are cannibalistic societies in Africa at that point. There may even still be now. I'm sure there are. 
They wouldn't give him human flesh, so he had to return back to the United States, at which point he smuggled a body out of a morgue, and he was so excited that he'd managed to achieve this, because he was going to cook it up and eat it, that he invited all of his friends over for a dinner party. What he did wasn't illegal, so his friends couldn't do anything. They just sat in horror and watched him eat this body. How weird is that? And again, that's scary, but it's not in like a way that, I don't know, it's odd, isn't it? Because if you were there, that would be probably the scariest thing you're going to witness. I'd be, del- I'd be deleting him off my Facebook account, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'd, take him, I'd take him off my phone. I'd say, <laughs> excuse me, George. I mean, I'm no, I know you're excited and you want to share that with me, but um, I'm probably not going to speak to you anymore. Ever. Again. You wouldn't give it a go, then? I've got chicken. It's all right. <laughs> Or pig. Mm. Any one of the animals would do. Yeah, but it's not illegal. Being a cannibal isn't illegal. He's it weird. Not? Are you sure? No. Yeah. It sounds like it's wrong, though. Oh, it's definitely wrong. Are you saying... To, what? So it, it was fine for him to steal a body from the morgue and then eat it? No, there that no, There were no ramifications for it? No, you're right. There must, it must have been illegal to steal the corpse, but I don't think it's illegal to eat one. I don't know what sort of world we live in, to be honest. Hmm. If that's the case. But there have been plane crashes, aren't there, where people have had to eat each other to survive? <laughs> yeah. I just think of, like, films, those really rubbish films where they, there's the all over dramatic. It's called Alive or something. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's based off a true true incident, isn't it? I'm, I'm sure if I was at death's door, mate, and I was starving, and there was a dead body next to me, I might give it a go. I wouldn't want to, but I'd probably give it a good old chomp. I don't know if I could stomach it. I really don't. I think I would... I don't know. Anyway, sleep well. Yay! That'll do. I feel a bit unwell. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jimbo Jamboree music was brought to you by Jamie Frost. Full tracks can be found on soundcloud.com.